then right after the ice cream, smoked a cigarette, and this was probably about 10.30 or so. And I just had the sharpest pains down both of my arms. I, I almost died at age 34 because I was stubborn and I didn't go and get it checked out. So my like Stress. pre before I'd go to the gym, I would crush like some zebra cakes and goldfish. You know, <laughs> that was my pre-workout meal. I'm being serious. And then my post-workout would be to go smoke cigarette. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. You're gonna love hearing today from Ryan Farrell. He had a heart attack at 34 years of age, and he talks all about it today on the podcast. It's inspiring, it's amazing. He is uh, in incredible shape today. You're just gonna love hearing him share his story. Hope you enjoy, and I hope that it, it definitely uh, encourages you to live a healthier life. I'm Ryan Farrell, I'm 38 years of age. Uh, God blessed me with three beautiful children, uh, 10-year-old Charlie, five-year-old uh, Chandler and four-year-old Chaney. And I currently work for Cisco Foods. I'm a district sales manager for them. How long have you been with Cisco? I've been with Cisco now for 12 years. So I uh, owned a, a little restaurant here in town called Potato Shack uh, for five years. No the way! One, the one in Bryan, which was not very healthy, but uh, <laughs> it's very good. Uh, and then I went to work for Cisco uh, once I sold that out. So, so Potato Shack, this. there's one here in College Station on Welburn, right? Correct. Is Paul that... Dorsett's the owner there. Great guy. And then there's a there's another one. Uh, there was one at Northgate. And then Leap Rones owned a bunch of different ones. Is it franchise? Uh, it, it was sold. I don't know how they worked all that out. But yes, there were some franchises going. So when did you get into Potato Shack business? Uh, right out of college. So in college, I worked for Potato Shack. I was a delivery driver. And... Uh, once I loved it here in College Station. So I had a sport management degree, kinesiology, and I realized there wasn't a ton of money or opportunity in that when I got out of college. And I loved College Station so much that I decided to open up Potato Shack here. What in was town. your class? Class of 01. I was class of 04, sport management. Were you as well? So back yeah. then, sport management was small. Like right. it wasn't as big of a school, you know, because after I graduated, and obviously you graduated, they ended up becoming their own school. So it's like we graduated with a degree in kinesiology, Bachelor of Science. Mm -hmm. Now they graduate with a degree in sport management from the School of Sport Management. So the program's grown a lot. Kind of a little fun fact, I don't know if you knew that. So like the classes that you and I had to take, biomechanics, anatomy, physiology, a lot of those science the zoologies. Zoology, Ooh, oh, I know, man. The pre-med class. I know. That almost it, flunked me there. So they <laughs> don't have to take those anymore nice. per like 2006, I think, and, and after. When they went into their own school, they kind of went away from a lot of the science classes, exercise physiology classes, um, kept a lot of the business classes, and they try to focus more on more of a sport business, sport marketing type of major getting people more into like sport teams and things like that. But not to tell anybody not to go sport management, but I hear what you're saying because it was very similar when I was graduating, there wasn't a ton of, you know, opportunity exactly. graduating with that degree plan. Exactly. And I hope those uh, higher ups aren't listening to the podcast. Though. <laughs> but okay, so you were 01, started Potato Shack, and I'm fascinated by that because I had no idea. And uh, how long did you own Potato Shack for? The one in Bryan, so the Lee Perone's original owner of it, he opened it in 97. Um, and then I had one 
and Brian, 2001, and had it until 2005. Did you eat a lot of potatoes? A ton of potatoes. A ton of potatoes. I gained a lot of weight, too, as well, eating a ton of potatoes. So, um, but it, it was good. I just realized being your own business owner, you're, there's a lot of pros to it. There's a lot of cons as well. And uh, you're, you're pretty much married to your business. And that's something that I didn't, I didn't enjoy that part of it. So I wanted to get out of it. Yeah. Yep. So, so you interacted with Cisco a lot probably in that time. That's correct. And then started working for them right after? That's correct. My sales rep, guy named Josh Dixon. Uh, okay. Really good guy. He's actually a Bell Bondsman now up in Lubbock, but uh, he he talked to me a lot about Cisco and being a sales rep for him, and something just kind of seemed like something I, I would enjoy doing. It was just talking with people, with customers every day, and selling them, you know, on ideas and and helping people uh, with their business. It's something I thought I would love. And because you were in the restaurant business, you probably could even relate more, because you probably had you know knowledge and understanding and what they were going through. I knew exactly what they shouldn't do to run a successful restaurant. So, hey. I've learned now over the next 12 years what you should do, but I knew exactly you know what? what not to do to be successful. You know what? So, and I think there's a, a ton of value in that because I could is. probably say the same about a lot of things, you know? Exactly. And thank, thank the Lord for grace, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because uh, doing it wrong is how we learn. Right. Unfortunately, you know, it's like a hot stove, right? It is. You put your hand on a hot stove, you learn. I mean, it's painful and it hurts, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's consequences. Obviously, my fingers are, you know, tender and probably feel it for a week or so. But you learn not to touch that stove again, you know. And sometimes you touch it again and then you have to learn twice. (laughs) Yes. You definitely, I mean, you learn more by failing. You always do. So if everything just came easy, you would never learn anything. And as much as I would love to talk the whole podcast about that alone, because I think we could probably add a lot of value to people's lives, we're going to segue into your fitness journey. Sounds good. Tell me, um, did you play baseball? Did you play sports at any point? So growing up through high school, um, I played soccer, basketball, uh, baseball. Um, Actually got a little local scholarship to play at Alvin Community College soccer. Uh, as, as a decent athlete, I guess, growing up and everything in high school. Um, fit, I mean, weight, weight room. Fit, but I was, I was real scrawny in high school. I think when I graduated my senior year, I probably weighed like a buck 50 or so. And, wow. And um, the year I, I graduated from high school, that summer, I started hitting the weights really hard. You know, three sets of 10, get your chest and tries, back and biceps, mm-hmm. shoulders, and maybe legs. Uh, but started hitting that regimen pretty hard, and I probably gained 25 pounds. I think I was up to about 180, uh, three, wow. four months right out of high school. Right Sounds like school. the Matt Haynes interview. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that, that's what we did back then, you know? Yeah. We didn't, I, I so wish CrossFit would have been around when that I was, was 18 like years old. That was like the mid-90s then. It was. Okay. I graduated in 97, Perfect. so the late 90s. Yeah, late 90s. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much my my fitness from all through college. Um, played some played some basketball at the rec. Mm-hmm. Played slow pitch softball, um, but really just hit the weights hard. Got got really strong after high school. Lean, for, very lean. Not very lean. Yeah. I started just bulking up a lot. Yeah, and putting on a lot of mass. How um, what was the heaviest that you were in college? 
So in college, so I graduated at about 150 in high school, and then college, by the time I got out of college, I was probably up to 215 or so. Wow. So about, about 65 pounds or so by the time I graduated. How much do you weigh now? Um, right now I'm back down to about 205 most of the time. So give or were, take you, were you built kind of like you're built now at 215? No, no, not at all. It was a, it was a chunkier, chunkier 215. Ma- right. Cause there was no cardio being done at all. <laughs> None at all. I mean, the cardio was slow pitch softball <laughs> and basketball occasionally. So there was no cardio involved. It was literally put on as much weight on the barbell and lifted eight times. Yeah. Is what it was. So you were really strong. Very strong. But so. just probably not very fit if, you know, we define it by what you are today. Exactly. And then what, after, so that was Potato Shack, working at Potato Shack. So then we got it, that was working at Potato yeah. Shack in college. Um, and then I guess post-college, when we started owning Potato Shack, um, I, I've never eaten healthy in my life and until about a year ago, year or two ago, <laughs> I started cleaning it up some. Um, but I never ate healthy. My metabolism was always pretty good. I just didn't put on a ton of weight. Um, once I got out of college, though, metabolism started slowing down a little bit, and I started gaining some weight. Uh, I was not very healthy at all. I used to smoke about a pack a day. Mm. Um, you know, drink drink quite a bit as well. But I still go to the gym and lift heavy weight. Yeah. But I just kept getting bulkier and, and bulkier. Uh, not living a very healthy life. And so how did you gain weight? I gained weight. Um, you know, I may be getting a little ahead of myself here, but I got my heaviest, um, I had a heart attack in 2014. So I got right after my heart attack, I quit smoking and everything immediately. And that's when I got my heaviest. And I got up to about 245. So I've been in so, 2014. Wow, I had no idea you had a heart attack. And I think, you know, just like every person who I interview for the podcast, um, there's so much value that we can learn. And, and if you if you can share your story and it can encourage someone or even prevent someone from uh, walking down a path, you know, like, man, that's the power of testimony, right? So, yeah. so kind of, I wanted to hear a little bit about what it, from 215 pounds to 245 pounds, Obviously, you were unhealthy. You were, you know, smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, but give me that was a, what, how many year period of time? How gradual did it just sneak up on you? Was it like ten pounds a year? Uh, you know, for a couple of years. Like, right. how did that go? Two fifteen to two forty-five. You know, I think just a, just a few pounds a year because it was over a good decade there from potato shack to fast food to, to heart attack. oh all the time sleep so my like Stress. pre before i'd go to the gym i would crush like some zebra cakes and goldfish you know that was my <laughs> pre-workout meal i'm being serious and then my post-workout would be to go smoke cigarette you know so it was not healthy at all so here's my question because you know as a what i would consider myself a fitness professional or even above that man I just love working out and I believe in it so much and I think that you know working out is so healthy right it's something right. that you but to you know like when you say I had a cigarette right after my workout and I mean to do that over and over or eat 
really unhealthy before, it just, for me, it doesn't register because it's like my brain doesn't allow me to operate that way, you right. know? And I realize, I mean, as a trainer and just in this lifestyle, it's completely different, right? Right. But get, I mean, how, like, what would be going through your mind to say, like, man, I'm going to smoke these cigarettes right after I work, as a, you know, post-workout right. recovery, you right. know? I think I just didn't know any better, to be honest with you. I never really educated, even though I'm a sport management major, I never really educated myself or um, on on exactly how many calories I should be eating a day or what I should be eating before I get to the gym or, you know, of course we knew smoking was bad, but that, you know, was addiction, something I was addicted to. And was the gym kind of an outlet from your life too? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so maybe it became, you know, it's like, as opposed to, you know, going and, you know, let's just say going to the bar, you know, right. go to the gym. So it wasn't so much about I mean, it was about being healthy, but it wasn't so much about being healthy. It was just almost giving you, it was a stress relief, I'm sure. Correct. You know, you talked about, you know, even just being a business owner, making mistakes, different challenges in your life. Right. That, you know, the the, the gym was probably, to some certain extent, a stress relief, you know. And, it was a big one. And, yeah. and I, unfortunately, I also used the smoking as a stress relief as well. Um, but, but the gym was a big stress relief. I, I, I always... You know, it, it was hard to stay consistent throughout those 10 years when all you're doing is lifting heavy barbells. You know, after a while, it just kind of kind of hurts, actually. Uh, I'm getting a little off subject here. but No, no, it's okay. It, um, you know, so I'd go six months, seven months on and take a couple months off and kind of blow back up just a little. So I'd get back in there and I'd lose just a little bit of weight. Um, but it was, like, like you're saying, a good stress relief. Um, and even though I was getting heavier weight I always just told myself in my head it was muscle so you know you'd look in the mirror and be like oh that's just muscle I'm just getting bigger and stronger and that was not the case at all it was kind of probably a little bit of denial that you're getting fatter and fatter is what's happening we're really good at convincing ourselves just about anything that we want to convince ourselves absolutely (laughs) we are absolutely are yeah but it um so it got to a point though where once I turned, so I had a heart attack at 34, and probably once I turned 30, you could start getting the 31, 32, you know, I'd go play slow pitch softball, and it started getting hard to breathe, you know, and so I wasn't about to start partio then, because I could never breathe, and I always just told myself, you know what, it's just the smoking, you know, quit the smoking one day, you'll get your lungs back, you'll be able to breathe and everything else, um, I did not realize how severe it really was. So I can remember a, a point, this was probably a month or two before I had the heart attack, went hunting, and I didn't walk but maybe 400 yards to a deer stand with a gun and everything, and I climbed up the deer stand, and I got in the deer stand, and I couldn't breathe. It was like I just got done doing badger and couldn't breathe. And I'm like, what is going on? Um, and it, it was... It was pretty scary but I still just kept kept smoking and everything um and then January 1st I don't know if y'all remember the Johnny Manziel versus Duke bowl game that was that was on a New Year's Day uh and we were celebrating and everything else and and that night I remember just thinking to myself something is seriously wrong here um I, I felt like that like later that night that I was gonna die I really did just I couldn't breathe um, it was it was just a scary, scary moment, and I think that was on a Wednesday. And then that 
Friday, we had, had a company come out called King Cheesecake to talk to my district and everything. So we ate a ton of different cheesecakes that morning and just sampling a bunch of cheesecakes and they were delicious. Uh, but later, later that night, uh, I had a bowl of ice cream and, uh, and then right after the ice cream, smoked a cigarette and it was probably about 10.30 or so and I just had the sharpest pains down both of my arms. And uh, luckily, my, my uh, wife at the time, Ashley, was like, do you want to go to the hospital? And I'm like, yes, right now. And uh, luckily, her sister was there to watch her kids and everything. So we hauled butt to the hospital. And I remember just the whole way to the hospital apologizing to her because I knew uh, I was dying. I just knew I was about to die. Um, you know, if you, you have heart problems, would pull up to the ER. And I was in the worst pain of my life. It was it was horrible, and if you have like heart pains, you get right in at the ER. And my EKG was messed up and everything, so they gave me nitro, and it was just it was a scary thirty minute period there until I got the nitro and I could start breathing again. But I just remember looking looking at Ashley the whole time, being like, you know, I'm sorry because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, everything just kind of flashes before your eyes and not. You know, I was thinking about my kids and how I'm going to miss, at the time, they were so young. Mm. I'm going to miss miss all their life growing up, and there's just so much I wanted to do and so many things I still had to do. So and you probably it, live today just grateful to be alive. Yes. I mean, <laughs> so we, um, you know, the next day, and I owe this to that doctor too, so the, the next day they got me feeling fine again, and the next day the, they did some... Uh, I don't even know all the medical terms. They did. They ran a bunch of different tests and blood work and everything, and nothing really came up on it. And it was a Saturday. My cardiologist says, "You know, you're 34 years old." He's like, "You look to be in shape just because I was stronger." Yeah, is what he said. He goes, "So part of me just wants to send you home, but something tells me I should just go in and take a look at you." And uh, so we're like, "Okay, please go in and take a look." And uh, they went in, we were just expecting a little, he was like, I'm just expecting to go in, maybe be in there for 20 minutes and then we'll be done. Like I ended up being in there for an hour and a half or so, but when he went in, I had two blockages. Uh, one was 99% blocked and the other one right behind it was 50% blocked. And uh, he said, had I, had I not gone into your heart, you would have been dead in the next month or two. You just would have fallen asleep and never woke up. So... That was kind of, I spent two days in the ICU after that and reflected on life a ton. And uh, that's kind of where my fitness journey and healthier living and grateful to be alive and everything else started. So you had, I mean, you had some red flags come up leading up to that day. Absolutely. And you you had some warning signs and I think that's kind of what amplifies my brain right now is like, you know somebody listening could have those warning signs, but what prevents you, you kind of touched on it, but what prevents you in that time from really doing something about it? Because like, I was scared to know the truth of what was really going on. And I was able to just convince myself all along, well, it's just the smoking's why you can't breathe. Just quit smoking, just quit smoking. You know, and just never seriously got into quitting smoking. Did you have, I didn't want to quit did you smoking. have, uh, you know, I know they say family history has, a lot to do with that or not not a lot no okay so that, not at all so, so it was so 
it was, I mean, 34, man. That's... It was young. You know, they, it, it kind of, everyone thought it was always funny, but, you know, the nurses on the floor, on the car, the cardio, were, you know, they were all, oh, it's great. We never see someone here this young. And it actually kind of made me mad later on thinking about it. You know, like, I'm 34 years old. What am I doing on in here for, you know, a heart attack and everything? And um, Well, in your mind, too, you're probably thinking there's people that are way worse shaped than me. Exactly. Yeah. Why, why has this happened? And, you know, like, like the cardiologist has said, some people can smoke their whole life and that never happens to them. And some people cannot smoke at all. And, go, and that was kind of the order he put it in for me. He was like, quit your smoking, do cardio, exercise, then work on your diet, then cut out, you know, the drinking. Kind of in that order, that's what he said. So, uh, and did but, you do that? So I have done a lot of them very well. Mm-hmm. So I still do a little bit moderation, yeah. but um, the the eating the diet part has always been really hard for me because I don't like a lot of food, mm-hmm. and I still wasn't very educated on the diet part of it. So the smoking was easy. I I, I smoked my last cigarette that that night at eleven, never picked it up again. So that was that was very easy to quit. The, the exercise journey part of it, um, that was that was rough because I wasn't cleared for really a couple weeks to do anything. So it was sitting around for a couple weeks and then it turned into, I couldn't breathe at all. So it took a long time to get confidence up that I could, that I could do exercise again and feel like I'm not gonna die or something. So, you know, I'd start off, we had one block, kind of square one block radius was exactly a mile where we lived at the time and two weeks went on I, I went and I walked a mile you know that's where I started walked a mile and I always carried this nitro bottle on me because I was always so scared I'd, I'd take nitro pills if something ever happened you know and it started off just walking a mile walking a mile and that went for a couple weeks uh, and then it went from walking a mile to, all right, let's run or jog 100 yards, I'll walk 300 yards. Run 100 yards, walk 300 yards. And it probably took me from the two weeks when I started after the heart attack, about four months. And then I was finally able to jog a, a whole mile. Wasn't a great time. I think my time was probably 11 what or 12 What was your minutes. motivation at that time? That You know, every day, you, you probably had a lot of days that you felt like, I'm the worst shape person, you know, on the planet, but you right. kept doing it. Um, you know, for me, back at that ICU again, like, I set a ton of goals for myself. I didn't ever want to be back there again. Um, I think the motivation was pretty easy. My kids... So much having, so much I needed to do in life still. Um, so it didn't matter, honestly. It was just you were it, determined. It was gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. And you know, I had an athletic background back in high school mm. and everything else, so I knew I could get there. Um, I was just determined to get there. Um, I will say, you know, we we ran. I finally was able to run, um, and then start hitting the weights again. Was really just running and lifting weights though, and still seeing no results. My cardio was better. I could breathe again. I started getting confidence back that you know mm-hmm. I could run a little bit farther than a mile and stuff like that. But still, wasn't I wasn't losing any weight at all, 
and I didn't like how it looked. And uh, I don't know if you know Ashley Garrett. Of course. Yep. So Ashley Garrett, um, I, she talked me into later that year, that was January, so about November, she talked me into going into one of her boot camps. So um, I went to a boot camp class. Was she at the Dome She at was that at the time? Dome at the yeah. time. She was. Because yeah. uh, that's where I worked out and did my okay. you know, three sets of ten on bench. <laughs> so she talked me into a boot camp, and I went to one class, um, and it, it destroyed me, and I loved it. I loved it. So um, uh, over the next probably three or four months, it was boot camp with Ashley, and I started to finally see some results. So, I, you know, I were a lot kind of getting me into the metabolic conditioning part of my exercise journey here. And then um, sometime, I, I, it's a funny story, I didn't, sometime during that four months, I saw Ken Jackson at Academy. Ken loves shout outs on the podcast. Does so. he? Uh, Ken, he- my, you're my boy, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because Ken wasn't always in as good a shape as he is now, too. I played slow-pitch softball with him. So I remember when I ran into him at Academy, I was like, wow, man, look at this guy. There's veins popping out of every part of his body and everything. I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm a coach, you know, at, in CrossFit, and, at College Station CrossFit. And I was like, oh, that's great, man, that's great. When I saw him at the time, I was not ready for CrossFit by any means. Um, but an opportunity came up that summer. And I, I talked to Ken and decided to come try a CrossFit class. And I came here that summer um, and tried one class. And it was funny because the first thing we did is we did bench press. And I'm like, well, this is easy. I've bench pressed my whole life. And I remember I looked great on the bench press. It looked terrific. And then we did our workout. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was power cleans and burpee over bars and AMRAP but I don't remember how many minutes it was I think it was like 10 minute range and I remember after about two and a half minutes I got the feeling in my chest like can I really handle this it kind of it scared me oh man um and and I did horrible I know I finished last in the class and and I told Ken, I was like, hey, man, I really appreciate you inviting me to CrossFit, <laughs> but I'm stuck in a membership over here at this other place, which was not the truth at all. The truth was, is I was not ready for CrossFit. I felt like I was not ready for CrossFit, and honestly, I felt like I couldn't do it. So, so Ashley opened up a, a, another gym here in town, and they had a class that was, that was like CrossFit. And so for the next year or so, uh, I started getting, a, you know, a taste of the the Olympic lifts and some of the gymnastic moves and all that. And over that next year, I probably lost about ten pounds or so. So, we, what were you weighing in after that? Probably around two thirty, okay, two thirty two, something like that, yeah. uh, right around there. And then uh, opportunity presented itself to come try CrossFit over here again <laughs> in November. And the first thing we did was bench press. Oh, this was my life. We did odds. bench press. I'm like, man, all they do over here is bench press. <laughs> <laughs> but then we uh, we got into our uh, our workout, and I don't remember exactly what it was. It was snatches and runs, and it was 200 meter runs. Um, and, and I remember doing it and loving it. 
um, signed up that night wow. to, to join the box here. Uh, and, and Matt was a coach. You know, I got with Ken, and Ken brought me over here, but Ken was out of town that week. So Matt was the first coach. And I remember, man, this guy, he was terrific. He uh-huh. was so great. I knew Damon Wilson. I knew yep. him, and he was in the class. And um, a few other people just made me feel like at home here. And, and the workout was terrific. And since that day, I probably haven't, I've probably missed only, you know, five or six times since then. I just, I, I loved it. Um, and then the results I got from CrossFit immediately, in the first two months here, I lost 20 pounds. In two months. It, wow. It just fell off. Um, and that wasn't even really doing much on my diet yet. It was eating cleaner probably 50% of the time. But see, that's that's fascinating to me because it just proves the power of workouts, but not just workouts, intense workouts. Exactly. You know, and I've worked out with you, and anybody who's worked out with you knows that you push. You know, and so for you to have you know lost ten pounds in the whole year prior, and then in two months lose twenty pounds right. is pretty phenomenal. Exactly. You know, and that's like Greg Glassman, founder of CrossFit. He talks about. The intensity component of CrossFit is what makes it, you know, it's constantly very functional movement executed at high intensity. Right. And sometimes people, you know, they view a three-minute workout because, you know, in our programming, we do short, medium, you know, moderate, Longs. long workouts. And But a three-minute workout at intensity can be amazingly effective, you yes, know. And so that's awesome, man. 20 pounds. So not much change in your diet. So you dropped to about 215 or 210? Uh, at that time, about 210. Uh, and I, I pretty much, I fluctuate still now between 200 and 210. Um, but I know it's, it's, it's lean body mass now. I went to Jordan and got the DECA scan and yeah. all that done and the metabolic. And uh, so it, it's good weight now. Uh, that fluctuates back and forth, and, and I'm I'm happy where I'm at with my weight right now too. I'm not trying to lose really any more weight at so all. So that was November 2016 when I started here. Yeah, that's correct. So you're about to be here for a year this November. Correct. And correct. then um, heart is. Do you have to go back and get it checked? Uh, how's what's the condition on that? Yes, sir. So I, I go back once a year. Um, now from from when I had the heart attack, I started with about six different pills I took a day. Um, until I got here, I went from six pills all the way down to three pills a day. Um, just three meds that I had to take. And now, right now, I'm off everything except the baby aspirin I take. Just everyone mm-hmm. should take a baby aspirin a day. And then I take a cholesterol one still. Is uh, there, that is it. Is there fear? No, not anymore. Well, because I could imagine, I mean, that's got to become the, like what you said the other day, uh, or about the first time you came, a year prior to when you actually signed up, right. and you worked out, it was power cleans and burpees over the bar, and you're like, man, I got that feeling again. I was, you know, I can't imagine, like, how scared you get, but ne- to remove no. that from, you know, your mindset, your conscious has got to be, like, freeing, you know? It is. And I think I come to find out it was more just anxiety, mm. worried about it so much, Um and I tell you, after Badger last week, you know, if I wasn't, if it wasn't gonna happen then, then I'm good. <laughs> Man, so. I will say that third run. <sighs> you know, I, I don't really walk on hardly any runs in workouts. Right. And I, I had that third run. I could. I ran just. Chris was coaching the class, mm-hmm. 
And, and just because I didn't want to let Chris down, I ran just far enough until he couldn't see me anymore. <laughs> and then you walked. And then I walked. I was like, man. Uh, uh, I had, but I felt, honestly, it was like, uh, well, it was 5 o'clock in the afternoon, so it was so hot. And it's like that hyperventilating. You know, it's it like, a, it just, you know, you just want to breathe. And I was like, man. But it's, you know, it's challenging, you know. And, and, I, and I can't imagine when you said badger, I was like, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Because a lot of people, you know don't know what that how scared you could be on the way to the hospital thinking that you're going to die because what you're feeling you know what i mean right absolutely and so um yeah these i mean the workouts are, are tough for sure no doubt they are and the harder you push the harder they are you but, know? but it's so great you know i told sarah i grew as a man and during badger because mm-hmm. if, if you can get through that the, the second run and the third run for me i mean that was uh it's just such a tough workout so hot out there putting your body through so much but you realize at the end of it man if i can get through that i can get through anything work related Mm -hmm. personal life you know if you can get through stuff like that it just trickles down to so much more yeah yeah and that's that's what i love about this and so you talked about going to jordan at core performance Uh uh-huh and I think that's something that not a lot of people know about. And I right. think it'd be cool to talk about what you did and like the services that you uh, got over there. And Jordan, who's a coach here, uh-huh. kind of started that facility in January. It's um, owned by Dr. Bram Hall and a few other people at that orthopedics uh, over there by D1. So right. tell us a yeah. little bit about that. So I really wish I would have known about this three years ago and started, um, but a couple of people had gone here at the box and were telling me about it. Um, it's, it's really cool. You go in and you just lay down on this machine. This, this thing. It, uh, I'm sorry, Jordan. I don't know the actual name of <laughs> it. Dexa scan. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just scans your whole body and it can tell you the difference in fat content and lean muscle uh, in both your arms and your legs and your abs, basically throughout your whole body. So it gives you your, you know, your body fat but it'll also tell you where you're carrying your fat at um, and where to concentrate on kind of on losing fat. Uh, there's so much more that scientifically goes into this. bone density. Bone density, yep, how much bones weigh. Uh, it, it's got all that in there. What the, the best thing I got out of that, that trip was we also did my metabolic testing. And so that was great because I was tired all the time. I was working out here and was just tired all the time, and I was going off my my weight, you know, times 10 mm-hmm. for calories. Mm-hmm. And I was way below what I should be taking for mm-hmm. me. So going there, she was able to tell me exactly how many calories I burn resting. And then with my activity level, where I should be in calories per day, uh, which is great because I get to eat like 3,200 calories a day instead of mm-hmm. 2,000 calories a day. Yeah. So immediately I started eating more and I felt better. Great. Um, and, and the biggest reason I went there too is because you may stop seeing progress on your weight, weight coming off and everything, but you're still in here working out all the time. You know, you're feeling good. So I like going there to know, hey, is it because I'm putting muscle on now? I don't know if you remember me telling myself in the mirror, you know, for all those years before I had the heart attack, oh, I'm just putting muscle on. Yes. Just putting, now I can actually tell. Yeah, Am I now- putting muscle on or is it fat? You know, do I need to... Do I need to change something in my diet? Mm-hmm. So I hope to go to her about every six months and just get a checkup and a see, DEXA scan. Yep. 
Man, so did, did you get any meal planning or any guidance on nutrition or how, like when you found out you need to take in 3,200 calories yeah. a day, how do you know what those calories should look like? So I got a great printout from them, uh, kind of on what I should be taking, uh, part more like the zone diet, which right. we got from, I yep. came up here to one of your nutrition, yeah. which was the best thing I've gotten out of anything as well. Uh, and then Chris, you know, keeps it real simple for us out there yeah. as well. Um, so I'm not counting macros. I don't do anything like that. I know roughly where I need to be in each category, but I just try to eat cleaner most of the time. So I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not there yet where I want to be a regional athlete just yet. So I haven't gotten that fine tune on it. Um, and I still, I'm probably 60, 40 eating healthy to eating bad. Compared but it to used to 10, be 90, zero. Yeah, or yeah, zero, 100. Yeah. So it's just eating cleaner most of the time. Uh, and, and that's... Have you noticed... feel better. Have you noticed, and in, in you're saying it right now, but have you noticed a difference in performance from changing your diet outside of the the simple energy component of like, oh, I, not so, I'm not dragging so much, right. but have you noticed in terms of like, man, I'm able to lift more or I'm able to last longer in workouts, you know? Well, it's amazing what a banana will do for you before a workout instead of a zebra cake. It really is. <laughs> so I've noticed a huge difference, um, you know, on, on my pre-mill, doing the spark. I love the spark uh, as well. And then, you know, the, the shake afterwards. I used to always just do a protein shake afterwards and didn't realize I needed the carbs as well after a workout. So I the shake after that. Um, I've noticed a difference, and I think that's part of the reason why I, you know, have gotten so much fitter in the last eight months or so than I ever have been. Um, one thing that I could kind of compare it to is I actually did Murph in 2016 without a, a vest, uh, and it took me an hour and six minutes to do that Murph. So this year I did Murph with a vest and knocked it down to 40, I think it was 45 minutes or something. So a wow. 20 minute improvement in one year from, from being here with a, with a vest on as well. So it's, it's oh been a great stretch. Oh my. That's major improvement. It was, it was it, I, I need to go back and look at my score. I think it was 45. It may have been yeah. 46 or 47. Well, and it's, a, it's exactly, amazing when time. you, like you said, I mean, it's, it's not coincidence. I mean, you don't miss days at the gym. You're super consistent. You give everything you have when you come, you know. You're getting coached. I mean, like, it's like that kind of stuff happens, you know? You just improve, you know? And so it's a, and then you're changing your eating. So it's just a, a progressive journey that we're all on. And uh, yes, probably just like uh, Samantha said last week, you know, you see more improvement in the very beginning. Right. And then later, it, you know, it probably is every now and then, but still, you know, you're improving in the bigger picture. What I love about CrossFit the most about it is, um, yes, the results don't come as well, but there, there's, as easy, but there's always something to work on in CrossFit. As soon as you start thinking you're getting good at CrossFit, a workout will come <laughs> along that just, you do horrible in, and you're like, all right, I need to concentrate on that. I mean, it's, there, there everyone always has a weakness out there. That's something you can always get better at. And that's just what I love about CrossFit. When would you, know? you say, if you started in November, 
even though you were doing kind of like the similar but not full CrossFit programming uh-huh. before this, when would you say it kind of all started clicking? And because you do have, I mean, you're you're good at CrossFit. I mean, you're definitely in the higher level of the athletes at our gym. You know, and you know, I mean, regionals and games athletes are just a whole nother you know sector. You know, but we're <laughs> saying about you know you're you're above average, and so starting in November, losing twenty pounds in two months. At what point did you start saying, "Man, I'm, I'm pretty good at this thing," you know? And you're not bragging right now. You're just, I'm just asking you. At what point was it? A month in? Was it six months in? It was after the open. So um, when I went into the open with really no expectations or anything, it was my first open to do. Um, I didn't know how it would fare or anything, and I finished top for my age group. I finished top ten percent, and so I, I realized hey, you know what, I haven't been doing this very long and I finished top 10% here. Maybe if I put a little effort into this stuff, let me see next year if I can't get into the top 5%. So that's kind of my goal this year is Mm. to see if I can't crack the top 5%. And then if I can crack the top 5%, well, then I may get a little more serious because I I would love to make a regional one day. That would be an Probably the 40-year-old one would be the best one to shoot uh-huh. for right now. You're 37? 38. 38. So I'd have two more opens before that 40. Um, <clears throat> but starting to count macros and do all that kind of stuff, you know, let's see if I can crack that top 5% yeah. and then maybe set a, a new goal next year. Uh, but that's when I finished top 10%, I felt pretty good about that, considering the fact I couldn't even walk really a mile three years before it. Absolutely. I, I, I was proud of that top 10%. And... That is probably when I started working out even harder here um, and just pushing myself a little more uh, just to see what happens next year. So, you know, we get to see Charlie up here. Uh-huh. And, and Saturday was so cool. He actually didn't realize he was going to get in on that Saturday workout, right. but <laughs> right. he did. Right. But, dude, he's awesome, and I love watching him work out. So how has this influenced him? Like, how has you – and even your, your all three kids. I mean, has this become something that – you know your new lifestyle, being healthy, working out. Has it? Have you seen it overflowing to your kids' lives? So I, I sure hope so. Um, you know Charlie is very athletic. He's a terrific baseball player. Plays baseball and all that. And um, just about any time I ask him, "Hey, you want to go up to the to, to the box?" He's like, "Always, oh, yeah, let's go up to the box." So uh, he did some kids CrossFit classes yeah. and has done some other classes. So I love that he loves doing that and loves the fitness part of it. My two younger ones just love coming and playing with all the kids in the yeah. room over here. So, but, but Charlie, it's it, it is fun because we'll be on the way up there and he'll be like, "Well, what's the workout today? Like, can I do the workout?" Uh, so that makes me really happy, and I'm glad he could do that. So, uh, what would you say because you have such a unique uh, story coming from that heart attack? Like, you know, what if there's somebody out there who's got red flags, who has signs? that they're not choosing not to pay attention to. And, and they might be 34, they could be 44, they could be 54. Um, what would you tell that person who, who may be listening and uh, has just been putting it off and thinking, you know what, uh, you know, I, how, would you, how would you encourage that person? I, I would say if you have any kind of signs like that at all, go get it checked out first off. You know, don't lie to yourself in the mirror that, hey, it's just this or that. Go get it checked out immediately. Um, I had a 99% blockage, so I, I almost died at age 34 because I was stubborn and I didn't go and get it checked out. And it's all stuff that's fixable, you know? 
medicine's come a long way. They throw a stent in there, they pop you back up, blood's flowing well again. Luckily I had no damage to my heart at all. Um, and, and it's all repairable. And, and in three and a half years, I've gone from having to fight that mile walk to being able to do Murph with the vest on in 45 or however many minutes. So get it checked out. You know, don't, don't, life, you only have one body, you're only given one body, and life is too precious to, to, to not go take care of those arms uh, when it's more likely so he's easily fixable. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.